0: Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get started. We all have challenges that we need to overcome and today's guest has (laughs) overcome one of the biggest challenges which was the death of her long-term partner. Today we're going to be exploring how we can make sense of, pick ourselves up, and move on in the most positive way after a major life event. Michelle is a two-time international best-selling author on love, personal, and professional relationships. Having rebuilt her life, Michelle Hoffman helps people up-level their relationships to attract, keep and enjoy the right people in their personal and professional life. Whether it is the relationship with their inner voice, intimate partner, family, community, career, colleagues or customers, her clients know how to attract, keep and enjoy the right relationships in their lives. Michelle, welcome and firstly, For those who don't know your study, what has been your biggest
1: turnaround in relationships? Wow. Well, thank you very much for having me, Rebecca. I'm very honored to be here. What we're talking about is challenges in relationships in life. When we talk about relationships, everybody immediately thinks an intimate partner But what happens when you dream of finding the right person for you and then voila, you find them and then you actually get to enjoy the chemistry, casual, all the way to the committed cycle of a relationship. And in my case, I'll speak for myself now, we'll switch it to the you to me. I did, I found the man of my dreams. And we we were on a cruise And we were at the wrong dinner table, at the wrong dinner seating, at the wrong everything. And by the end of dinner, what I learned later was through the dinner conversation, he was like, she is the woman of my dreams. Uh. And I was actually in kind of a surly mood. (laughs) I'm like, wow, he really likes me for exactly who I am. That's awesome. It took me a little bit longer. It was later that night on the dance floor that he was brave enough to kiss me. And um, I did what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. I laughed. Of course, this is not what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. And he was brazen enough to say, what's so funny? And my head was kind of like, whoa, I said, my life was going down the track this way and now it's going toward you. And that's what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. So it was just so much fun. It was like we had made the decision to be together and we went through the relationship cycle, chemistry casual to committed. We got engaged. I loved saying I have a fiance we got married we made a family together we invited two children into the world we invited a dog into the world and so we had like the american dream of the white picket fence and the 2.5 children we built a home together we built a life together and it was perfect until he died and There's no guide for losing a loved one and rebuilding and re-entering society as a positive, inspired person. So it was at that point, and I would say this has been the biggest challenge of my life, of losing the person who I you know, relied on who we had each other's best interest in mind. We had pillow talk. We would laugh together. We made decisions together and losing that person was devastating and painful, like so painful. I wondered if I could ever love again. So when we're talking about relationships, it's not just with an intimate partner in that Story I just shared with you it was my relationship with being single and an individual, my relationship coming together in a partnership as a couple, my relationship with my identity of who I used to be, who I became at each step in the process, and to who I am now. It's my relationship as a parent, now it's my relationship as a soul parent. It's my relationship as the head of household, and it's my relationship as being single again. And I never anticipated that. Yeah. So there's a lot of relationship going on in the story, and it's more than just, you know, a relationship is more than just two lovers coming together. Um, although that is a really good one. <laughs> so. How did I overcome this? I think, is, you know, you were saying, how do we overcome these kind yeah. of massive obstacles? Right. Well, I knew what not to do. I knew not to go fetal and just soak my pillow with tears, roll over and do the same thing on the other side, because that wasn't serving anyone. So, step by step, I figured it out. I built a framework. And a very simple process to get through major challenges, stabilize myself emotionally, physically, stabilize the kids so that we knew who to go to for what, because it used to be that my late husband was everything. So we built advisory boards for who we would go to for emotional support, subject matter expertise. We knew who to go to, to who would help us. You know, leverage their position for our success, who to go to as accountability partners. So I had this whole process that I organically created and then had to test it because one of my buddies who I used to go running with in high school went out for a run, had a heart attack, and died. And I thought, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And of course, because of the story I just shared with you, you know, I do know what to do and I couldn't do nothing. I had to do something. So I went to his widow and said, this is never gonna be okay. I'm gonna hold your hand and walk this journey with you. Let's project manage this thing. So when the community saw that she and her family actually were able to turn things around and adjust their relationship with grief, which is another relationship, And have grief help move them forward as opposed to have a hold on them. The community started to send me out to help other people. And I'm like, uh, I need to get a job. I'm head of household here. And it was interesting. Um, I was like, you know what? I need to write this guide I did not have before I go and put my all in to another person or another company. And I wrote it. It's Life Worth Living, a practical and compassionate guide to navigating widowhood and soul parenting. It became an international bestselling book and people all over the world were coming to me to say, ask, can you help me through this? Of course, yes, I will help you through this. And as things went on, what people wanted the most help with And it was more than widows and widowers coming to me because they were seeing the results that people were getting. And so as a result, people were coming to me saying, can you help me rebuild the relationship with my children after a divorce? Yes, that's part of this process because my children were without a parent. Uh, People were coming to me and asking, can you help me find the right partner? so that I have the opportunity of having the love that you've had. And that's now where my focus is, because I have successfully helped guide people figure out what is stopping them from being in these healthy, loving relationships. So now I help people attract, keep, and enjoy the right love in their lives. And it is so much fun. Amazing.
0: Wow. What an amazing story, Michelle, and I love your passion and also <laughs> your, your fun, your, your playfulness with all this painful story.
1: You've definitely turned it around. Trying well, to- people, I, one of my favorite, I mean, all of the people who say something to me, they, they say, you know, nobody teaches us this. If you didn't learn it in your family or from your friends, They don't teach it in any academic environment. Mm -hmm. So people are like, if you need to learn chemistry, you go to a chemistry tutor. If you need to learn relationshiping, you go to Michelle Hoffman. (laughs) And what people say is it's like coming and sitting and having a cup of tea at my kitchen table Mm -hmm. and I allow you to cry and make you laugh because that's part of life worth living. Let's enjoy it, even if it's hard. That's right. That's the secret. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So this uh, connects really well to my next question, which is more specific. How can someone who feels like a victim, like things happen to them, when things happen to them, wake up from that kind
1: of trance state that they are in? So when somebody, you, when you're the victim, you don't always feel like, you don't title yourself, I'm feeling victimized. You just are like wondering, why can't this work? And why is, why aren't people helping? Why doesn't my partner know that I need help here? Why aren't they helping? It's like we're outsourcing the responsibility to someone else sometimes, but I've got a couple of examples of clients who have come to me, who've gone from being victims to empowered, confident, um, Which one do I choose? I have a client who in casual conversation we were talking. Now, I'm not a healthcare provider. I do not claim to be one. I do not claim that I can help you overcome claustrophobia. But listen to how this rolled. I'm talking with my client. We were on a one-on-one. And she was telling me that some of the challenges that she has in relationships is that as a little girl, her mother married a man who abused my client. Uh, Verbally, physically, sexually, it was a traumatic assault time after time. And there was a situation where her mother and this man were fighting, and it was a huge and terrible argument. And she was scared for her life. And what happened was, Her mother threw her in the closet and slammed and locked the door. Now, I know that every single one of your listeners here would agree that would be frightening. It would be scary, isolating, there's yelling, and it's dark and she's trapped. And that seems like a natural reason to become claustrophobic for the rest of your life. Everyone agrees. I agree too, me too. and my client. Yeah. My client was terrified of dark spaces, small spaces, that's and it, I, it's totally understandable. Right. Well, here's what happened. I asked her. This, so that's a situation where she was a victim. Yes. Yeah. Which is the question. Right. Yeah. So I asked her this, you're now an adult. Yes. And you've been married and divorced in this case. And she's had, she's got a daughter. I said, if you had any inkling that your daughter could be threatened, would you ever consider throwing her into a closet and locking the door to protect her and then handling the situation? And my client looked at me and blinked. She took a couple of breaths and she realized I was not being thrown into the closet to be. Trapped and scared and isolated and afraid of small, of small dark places. I was being thrown in the closet to be protected and safe. And she took a couple of more deep breaths. This is an adult woman. She's gone her whole life like this. She says, I can go to the movie theater now. I can take the elevator. She says, I can use my walk-in closet. Thank you. So what a turnaround, because this was her relationship with that circumstance, the small dark space. Really, it was also her relationship as a daughter with a mother and now as a mother with a daughter. So we adjusted one small thing. She said, all you needed to do was help me unblock that. So, I mean, that is a profound transformation. If you'd like, would you like another victim to heroine story?
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it, Michelle. I was just uh, trying to make up my mind. The small adjustment that you're uh, talking about, I understand that is that as you change the meaning of the story, you change the feeling that she had about the story. Is that right? Right. Completely.
1: Because she now understands that her mother was protecting her. That's right. As opposed to feeling victimized by the situation. She has gone her entire life feeling like a victim. In fact, she hired me because she felt invisible. That's right. And she felt unheard. That's right. And she felt like she didn't know how to make a positive difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And through working together, she actually became the light for others to follow. Mm -hmm. And she is seen and heard Mm -hmm. and her words are valuable. Mm -hmm. And so she went from that dark little closet scared to now she helps other people in the world in a very similar way so I helped guide her and coach her to become a coach to be honest that's, right.
0: that's really one a wonderful story Michelle I love it it's so beautiful when we are struggling and there's always an angel who comes our way and helps <laughs> us gives us that hand and then there's a lot of people, to be honest, who have helped me personally, but there's always like a particular person who has actually mm, been the turnaround, you know, in, your li- in our lives. And then it's so nice to see how, how we can also go along and help, go on and help other people. And these other people will inspire other people directly or indirectly, This is really magic. This is magic. I love this. Magic relationships. (laughs) (laughs) I got another question for you, Michelle, now. Sure. I would love to know, how could someone who has grown up in a troubled family and had a, a challenging childhood be a match for the right people, as you call it?
1: Right. So here's the reality. Everyone has an opportunity to be in a healthy relationship. If you grew up, I mean, I actually just gave you an example of that, but if you've grown up without role models for what is a healthy relationship, one of the relationship challenges that you may have is that you're, what I call it, the factory setting, is uncertain of how to connect And so, I'll give you an example. I have a client who doesn't trust herself, especially in intimate relationships, and she doesn't know how to navigate obstacles in relationships. And in fact, um, she's been married and divorced. She's had boyfriends. And every single time, there's something that's not in alignment. But who, you know, nobody's, it's nobody's job to say, you know, something's not quite right here. Can I help you with that? You can't, I can't do that. I can't like go inter, do an intervention. (laughs) But when she came to me and she hired me saying something's, something's not quite right. Well, something certainly was not quite right in the relationship that she was in. However, from her perspective, She thought she had found her soulmate. And they had been seeing each other for 18 months. And she was so excited. This is the man she thought was the man of her dreams. So we were working together. And I helped her gain clarity on who she is and who she's looking for and how to enjoy the relationship that she's in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nice so that was fine. But there came a day when she gave me a call and she was shattered in tears. <coughs> and she said, it was a level one problem. And he made it a level 10 reason to leave our relationship. He was my soulmate. How can he leave? And it really was a level one problem. The argument was based on the volume of the television. And he took that as an opportunity to break up. And she couldn't understand. And I said, this man is not who you think he is. He never was. He can't live up to the the caricature that he has created because it's who you would like him to be. So she she is just heartbroken, just devastated. And she calls me up a couple of days later and says... He wants to bring some of my things back and take me out to lunch. What do I do? I feel helpless. I feel lost. I want to tell him how he has hurt me. And I said, you already know all those things. Here are the three easy steps. Would you like to tell me, me to tell you the three easy steps I gave her? I can't wait. <laughs> so... I said, he's coming to talk with you. I apologize, I am not psychic. I cannot tell you the energy he's going to bring with him. I don't know his intention. I apologize for that. However, I can prepare you for whatever you need. She's like, okay. So I said, step one, if you need to decide Decide right now how you would like to receive him. I would like to tell him how he hurt me and that he's supposed to be my soulmate. And I said, okay, get all of that out with me here now in this safe place in my arms, right here on virtually in my arms. You already know all that. Okay. And she went on and on. She got it out. And I said, step one. She's like, we're still in step one. Step one. Decide how you would like to receive him. Would you like to shake his hand? Would you like to stand stalwart? Would you like to hug him? Would you like to give him an impassioned kiss? Do you want to, you know, what what attitude, what energy are you going to bring? She says, step one, I'm going to bring a friendly kiss that would be open to more if there's more to be available. Okay. But that needed to be decided now, not in the moment. Because we all know her factory setting is to crumble and be reactive and responsive to the situation. So, step one, she knew how she was going to receive him. And she's like, I don't know what to say. I said, I'll give you the script. Here it is. Ready? It's good to see you. And then, okay. see what listen. Silence. Listen to his body language. Listen to what his verbal and nonverbal communication is telling you. She says, well, then what do I say? I said, step two, he's there to have a conversation. And she says, I want to tell him he broke my heart. And I said, no, we're, we're, you're going to do that here. You already know all of this. So create space for him to share his Version of the story because this may actually be part of the problem if he's not able to share his side. And she says, Okay, what do I say? And I said, You can say, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, those sound like simple words, but when you're emotionally charged and your amygdala is lit up and your prefrontal cortex is not. Those are really, it's good to rehearse and be prepared and have your side. So it's good to have a relationship coach in your pockets. So it's, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. And then let him talk. He came to talk. So let him talk. And she's like, well, do I get to cry and tell him that he was supposed to be my soulmate? He's living up to my expectations. He said he already knows that. I love Michelle. as like you say.
0: I'm talking <laughs> like your client. I definitely, I got this with some clients. Sometimes they call me.
1: Oh, well, we all do it. I'm we all not- do it. I've done it so many, so much, so much in the past. The ugly really. cry is right here. I might at a moment's notice, you know. <laughs> it's, tr- it's authentic. It's real. It's please all the way in. I'm sure. eager to hear what you have to say. And then I said, you say, what else, what else, what else? But I want to, no, zip it, I said. Zip it and sing twinkle, twinkle, little star in your head. Do math problems. Let him talk. What else, what else, what else? When he is like, put it all out there, you will have a better understanding of what's been going on. And then you ask, is there anything else until he's shared his side? Step three, and then I asked her. I said, "How would you feel if you never saw this man again?" You saw that, and um, so then I knew my parameters. We want to be able to see this man again, so don't burn any bridges. Now she's a person who hires people, and so I decided to use that reference. And I said, "Explain to him that you are seeking to fill the job." Of soulmate for you. Now she and I have been working together, and I said, So you know what the minimum job requirements are like bare minimum job requirements for being a soulmate, right? So let him know these are the minimum job requirements to fill this position, and I would really love if you were the right candidate for the role. If you cannot meet those, job requirements. And it was not asking a lot. She really was not asking a lot. Then I'm happy to keep you on as a temp while I look for the right person to fill the job. And those were the three easy steps that I gave her. She then was like, oh, wait, I need to write this down. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Step one, I'm happy to see you. Step, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. Step two, what else? What else? What else? Is there anything else? Step three, you know, here's the minimum job requirements. Can you meet them? And he, uh, so he came over, they had that conversation. She called me the next day and she says, for the first time in my whole life, I feel empowered in relationships. And I know how to navigate obstacles. Thank you. I'm like,
0: yes! That was another amazing story, Michelle. That's right. We, we struggle so much with the communication with our partners. We can mm-hmm. be so different at some times. And it feels like we're never going to make it. We're never going to understand each other. We, it really feels bad. And these three simple steps and you know it, i guess it could feel robotic at the beginning right but as you do practice it will it can become natural
1: right now the challenge is the three simple steps are going to change in every situation so people who have hired me call me at a moment's notice and they go oh, oh my god i had two people call me one week with a say similar thing They called me saying, I need to raise a potentially relationship ending conversation with my partner. One was a boyfriend, girlfriend. The other was a a marriage. And they were deeply in love with their partner. They did not want to ruin the relationship, but this needed to be brought up. And they were like, I need the three easy steps. So I gave each of them the three easy steps. And then I added in this case if you do these three easy steps, exactly like I say, you're going to be having great sex tonight with your partner. And they're like, okay. Cause I thought I was going to raise something that was going to be like breakup material. And you're saying, I'm, it's going to be like, we're going to be closer than ever. Mm-hmm. So the first one, the next day she calls me and she says, I did the three easy steps. Just like you said. We had great sex last night because it's about communication. And intimacy in that way is also a deeper level of communication. And when you get it right, verbally and then non verbally and physically, it just gets better. That's right. Like, woo, the lid off. So the other client didn't call me. And days pass, it's day two, it's day three, and she finally calls me and she says, I was afraid my marriage was going to be over because I had to raise this conversation. And she said, I could not call you earlier because we've had three days of great sex, thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, yeah! (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh,
0: Amazing, Michelle. Great stories. That's right. (laughs) It's not And talking about breakups, I got the next question. Mm -hmm. What do you see are the most toxic behaviors
1: that sabotage relationships? Um, Okay, well, that list, unfortunately, is as long as my arm. But (laughs) I would say if I have to choose one thing, I would say people often will sabotage a relationship. Um, by outsourcing their happiness to other people. And what I mean by that is this. If you allow everyone else to determine your happiness and your path in life, it's like you're a balloon in the wind. And you're just drifting along. And if other people and other circumstances bring you to someplace that you enjoy, you're happy. But if you're relying on your partner to be a mind reader and try as they might to figure it out, they might not hit the goal every time. And then you would get upset with them because you're unhappy. Whereas if you understand and when you understand that um, you can be active in the decisions and choices that you make so that you can create a path that is well-lit of where you would like to be in your life to make your life worth living, then you actually have some influence in this. And by knowing that you are relationship-ready material, you can stand on your own two feet, maintain your own individuality and identity, and partner with someone to be bigger than that, to create something larger than yourselves. And then you know that you are worthy and you know that you are lovable and that you can live your whole life with the best version of your life. So at the end of your life, you are not alone. You are safe. You are loved. And you have no regrets because you know you've lived a full and happy life.
0: That's right. That's amazing, Michelle. Definitely. I definitely relate to that. I remember years ago when I was, like you call it, outsourcing my happiness, (laughs) looking Mm -hmm. everywhere rather than where my real happiness was all the time there. And I could not feel it. I could not see it. I could not even hear it. And my soul's voice was all the time talking to me, shouting at me. And I could (laughs) not hear it. You oh. oh, my God. It's, it's sad. I think we definitely need to become our best
1: friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's your relationship with yourself and be kind. So people's inner voice is often so judgmental. I have a client who calls it phobo, and it must be this adorable little monster that lives right outside his head (laughs) because he responds by being a people pleaser and by being a giver. And it's like he is trying to please everyone in the world like to be Facebook perfect. Mm. And it's impossible to maintain the highlights in life to be Facebook perfect. And it is something to understand your relationship with yourself and know that you can trust yourself Mm -hmm. and make decisions that are in your best interest Mm -hmm. and also kind to Mm -hmm. yourself. So if your inner voice isn't uh, kind to you and it's so judgmental and it's preventing you from living your best life, you can borrow mine. Mm -hmm. She's very kind. (laughs) that's right that's nice
0: that's right I was gonna I was gonna say that voice is not your voice I wonder
1: whose voice is that voice right right so that's I mean it is it is something to adjust the relationship with your inner voice because those are the messages that you're sending yourself constantly and they may be I've got clients who say they're making decisions or they like They may be very successful professionally, for example, and in life they've been very successful, but in love, they just go belly up. And there's like what their parents who have unfortunately been long past still might think of them. They're making decisions as to what would their mom think if they behaved a certain way. Um, And there's like, you know, you're supposed to be a good girl. Well, what is the definition of good girl? Is a good girl someone who connects with someone in a real and healthy relationship? That would be, in my definition, that sounds like a good girl. But it's hard to make that leap sometimes if your mother has been long gone or has set expectations that you're not supposed to do certain things to maintain your good girl status. Um, I have a client who was married and they were so excited they were bringing a child into the world, but she didn't want her to tell her parents because it implied um, that she had lost her virginity. That's right. So, you know, that, if that is that is a hard thing to overcome for some people. Yeah. She was married, they were creating a family. We all know, God knows this is good. However, her mother had set such an impression in stone that she was worried about telling her mother how she got pregnant. Wow. Or that her mother would have guessed, nudge nudge, say no more. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Uh Right? Oh my God. I would go for the next question now, Michelle. What are the three actions that people who are listening to us right now can start
1: implementing to transform the relationships? All right. So you're talking about relationships in entirety. And I have studied relationships. I was a social scientist at Stanford University. And I have studied relationships my entire existence. Here's what I know professional relationships and personal relationships go through the same cycle. They the law of attraction brings you together. This could be any, anything. in fact I'll give you a client I'll give you an example a real life example. Um, I have a very successful client. she's a professional. And she says, where were you 30 years ago? I would not have married the man I married. I had 15 years of suffering. We brought three boys into the world and, you know, got a a terribly angry divorce. And now she's actually married to the right man. She says, I'm hiring you because I want to keep that relationship. And I want to rebuild the relationship with my boys. So. This is now personal relationship right? And so what we talk about is that every relationship goes through these three cycles, from chemistry to casual to committed. And let's talk about this new man that she's married to, the law of attraction. She went through the whole dating process. She met him. Visually, he is not who she thought was going to be Mr. Perfect for her. Like on paper, no. However, once she got to who is she and now, because she's different than who she wanted to raise a family or build a family with, she knows her core values. She knows how she wants to spend her time in life. And they are in alignment with his so it is, you can see when you see a good relationship, you don't always know when it's wrong, but you know when it's right. Like my late husband and I, and this couple also, when one walks into the room, you can swing, see the sparks come and the connection through their eye line. It's amazingly wonderful to see. I can see it from miles away. It's so good. So you don't always know when it's wrong, but you know when it's right. So the chemistry of them coming together and learning what's right about one another. And it was so good and everything is per- It's like euphoric. It's like eating chocolate and your serotonin <laughs> rises. You've got this endorphin rush and you can't stop thinking about this person because of the opportunity that could be when you're together. The chemistry literally changes. As you continue to see one another, some things become routine. And we mammals like to be able to anticipate things that we enjoy. That's why we watch a movie over and over. We get the same dinner choice off the menu at our favorite restaurant. We like to know the roads to get to our house. So in some ways, we do like casual things that we can expect. In the casual phase of a relationship, something else happens. And we start to look for what could be wrong. Now, in the world, we call these red flags. And so what are the red flags? And are they actually red flags or are they yellow flags that we could clear and then turn into green lights so that you can move forward? Or is that red flag enough that you would then change the relationship and cut and run? So if you go into committed and they, so this couple that I'm talking about, they went casual, committed, or uh, chemistry, casual, committed, and then they became boyfriend and girlfriend. And that catapults you into chemistry again. Because it's exciting. You're like, this is my boyfriend. Remember I was saying, I couldn't wait to say, this is my fiance. It sounded so fancy. So then it's a whole new excitement of everything is right. This is my fiance. We have come to a connection with each other that we are choosing to go to the next level. So then you get comfortable with that. And there's everything right. And then maybe you move in together or maybe you get married and it goes chemistry, casual, committed. Chemistry, So you can catapult a relation into chemistry. This is how I help couples who are looking to reignite the spark in their relationship. Do something with an adrenaline rush. It doesn't have to be a roller coaster or skydiving, but it can be trying a new menu item on the restaurant. It could be watching a movie together. It could be trying something new that is, Something that was just a shared experience together. So chemistry casual to committed. All right. Now they're established. And she comes to me feeling like a victim. So many victim words. Uh, and it's so not like her personality. And I said, what's going on? And she said, well, my amazing husband got an incredible job. And it's really going to be good for our family because That's going to bring money in his identity with this company is going to be fantastic, but it changes the roles in the family. And these relationship cycles are like Olympic rings that are interconnected because she's accustomed to having all of his attention. And now he's going to work. And it's like the work is the other woman in this case. So she was feeling like work was getting all of this attention and she was not Mm. And so we adjusted her understanding and relationship with this other Olympic ring because he's going to go to this job and go from chemistry to casual to committed in this role with this business. And I said, do you want him to do it? Yes. Do you want him to be successful at it? Yes. Would you like to be the reward he comes home to? Yes. I'm like, okay, now we're talking. So it's a decision that you both made that this is going to be great. So now why don't you consider freeing him up to really focus on this relationship so that he can establish himself in this role in this business successfully and know that you are the reward he gets to come home to for his work-life balance So work works wonders. He's going to do a great job at work. You're going to do a great job at work. And then you can schedule time and maybe some very exciting activities that you can share together so that you know that you can go to work and he can go to work and not be worried that you're going to be feeling left behind because at no point is he doing that. So rather than being a victim in this situation, she was then on top of this wave saying, go, have a wonderful time at work, because guess what's going to be waiting for you when you come home? And then it was like, oh, back into the chemistry phase, right? So now they plan their weekends together. They plan their vacations together. They plan dinners together. And that it's like actually elevated the whole intimate relationship that they share in this way, rather than her feeling left behind and victimized. So the way that we do that, those from chemistry to casual to committed, and the way to upgrade a relationship is through communication, trust, and respect. And that triad actually relies on itself. So the more you communicate clearly, openly, you know, articulate yourself well, the more you actually listen to what's being said and what's not being said and what might be behind the message that's being said, the more you build trust. And the more trust you build, the more respect you build over time. Now, if for some reason the communication falls, if there's enough trust and respect, the relationship will last. If there's communication and trust, but respect gets questioned, there's enough communication and trust that you can talk it through. I trust that we can have this conversation. I'll rely on the fact that when you were talking with that, you know, very attractive person, you were not flirting. You were actually just having a conversation. I don't need to be jealous, right? So if the, and then if there's, if trust falls, but there's enough respect and communication, that can also be rebuilt. So you can upgrade a relationship through communication, trust, and respect.
0: That was amazing. I love this formula. I'm definitely going to be talking about your formula everywhere. Sure. I love it. Thank you, Michelle. I like it. The triad. That's right. If one fails, you got two to go still. You choose still to go. Right. Got it. I got five minutes and i want to ask you how people can contact you but before that i have a last question sure. i'd like you to just briefly i like to ask you what would you say to to someone this is something that we see day and day again how would you say to someone what would you say to someone who is unhappy in their relationship with their partners
1: and their partners Do not want to work on it. Right. So this, when people come to me in the situation where they aren't feeling content in the relationship and the relationship is established enough because this is from chemistry to casual, we're here in the casual phase and they're seeing enough red flags or self-dissatisfaction that they're wondering, is this the right fit? Should I keep moving to commitment every single day? And what really the signals that this is a problem is if you're feeling burnt out, if you feel like you're you're not living up to your life potential, if you're if you think if I keep doing this every single day, I don't see the value in it. This isn't how I want to be in my existence. Um, or if somebody's overwhelmed sometimes it's just the opposite they're so busy that they have forgotten to think about what is life about or they're such a giver that when it's time that they have been they've given everything they have i say take what you need not more than what you need give what you can not more than what you have but if somebody's taking they may have like set that They may have trained their people, their family to do that. So they're taking and taking. And then this beautiful person is like, how can you take more than I have? I have nothing left. I'm (coughs) done. So the real question is here, should I stay or should I go? Part of the reason people stay in that situation is because the fear of the unknown. And your brain will literally tell you, we survived yesterday, just stick. Do what you're doing right now. So um, I actually help people in the should I stay or should I go decision process. It's a very detailed process because there's often more at risk than we realize because we've connected in such a deep, intrinsic way. Could you be your identity? It could be your faith. It could be your place in the community. It could be the children. But what is it that you can do to help make these decisions. So when I have clients come to me, sometimes I work with couples. Most of the time, someone will hire me and I work with them and their family, everyone, all of their relationships will benefit because I'm helping them understand the tools and how to respond and how to move forward in a safe and healthy way in a relationship so that they're feeling confident so that they get to take charge of what's happening. So in the should I stay or should I go scenario, what's really important for people is to know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they've done everything that they can and that they have established their, again, relationship ready, it's your relationship with yourself in this case, So should I go or should I stay, if that's the option, what is the impact of that? And how can you live your best life within the constraints that are set forward? And if it's should I go, then how do you move forward with no regrets? Because that's the key. If you look back and go, shoulda, coulda, woulda, ah, that is never going to work. So really, it's the should I stay or should I go dilemma and understanding the the ramifications and how to fulfill your best life in either situation to have a graceful and happy um, communication. If you're that entrenched with someone, you want to have an easy, graceful way through, not a jump angry out. And those are costly in more than attorney fees. It's costly forever for the kids, for the community, for everyone. So I'm somebody who can help navigate those challenges. And if it's the should I stay, I work with my clients so that they are living a full and happy life. And if it's the should I go, it's helping to ensure that they have what they need to stabilize themselves and to actually have a relationship with, in this case, in that case, an ex partner, ex-husband, ex-wife, and that if they have children, family, friends, how do we adjust those relationships? Because you need to tell people how to behave and people don't know what to do. Am I supposed to choose one? You know, the friends are like lost in the gravel of that. And so giving them a very clear explanation as to what to do if it's a should I go and how things will move forward actually puts everyone else at ease. Same thing with the kids, setting realistic expectations and clear communication.
0: That's right. That, uh, that's really, really, a, really a very good point for many people who are wondering, shall I say, shall I go? That's amazing. Thank you, Michelle. I love to. I love you to tell people how can they contact you
1: if they want to talk with you. Absolutely. It's very simple. Go to theartofrelationshipping.com. And on my website at theartofrelationshipping.com, you will see personal relationships and professional relationships. You are welcome to find all kinds of resources there. There's all kinds of freebies there that you can download. And in addition, if you would like to spend some time with me, They, I will. I'm happy to extend an invitation to a 50 minute strategy call to determine what is your relationship challenge and what's your relationship dream come true because life is better with good love in it.
0: That's amazing, Michelle. Are you also on Facebook, Instagram, any social media platforms? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Yep. Under Michelle Brosler Hoffman, you'll find me. And on Instagram, it's The Art of Relationshipping. Okay. Perfect. Amazing. So
0: I will definitely take note of that and add it to our podcast for our audience to find you easily. Yeah. Lovely to speak with you, Michelle, today. Thank you so much for your wonderful stories. Very inspiring stories uh, examples tips cases and i really wish that people who listen to us today have taken lots of notes as i have definitely myself (laughs) and maybe in the future we're gonna meet again because this has been very insightful
1: definitely wonderful it was my pleasure thank you so much for having me and i will see you in the art of relationshipping
0: sure that's right thank you so much michelle thank you bye 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 okay that's all for today thanks again for joining us and please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life see you on the next episode